Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you this beautiful Easter Sunday. Today's reading is from John 11:17 to 43. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. (laughs) Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house, comforting her, noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid them? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been in there four days. Then Jesus said, Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out his hands and feet wrapped in strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. This is the word of the Lord. I should like to talk this morning about the absence of Christ. The absence of Christ. The key verse for today's scripture is John eleven twenty one. The Lord uh, is, the word has said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. First, let me tell you a story. It happened a couple of days ago. It's about 3 a.m. I was sleeping. And uh, I was having 
beautiful dreams. In the middle of my dream, I was interrupted by what sounded like a meowing of a cat. And I said, what in the world is happening? I've no got no cat. I don't have a cat. And then I listened intently at 3 a.m. And I heard a dog barking really loudly and ferociously. And I said to myself, oh my Lord, we are being invaded. And I told myself, there probably is a thief in this place and I'm not prepared for it. I said to myself, I don't have a gun near me to defend the family. My wife was working. And so I said, what am I going to do? And I said, I should find a hammer. But a hammer was nowhere to be found. And so I said, I'm cooked today. Uh, what am I going to do? I usually keep a baseball bat somewhere in the house. But it was so far beyond reach. And I told myself, I am really dead today. This thief is going to kill me. And I have children in the house. And so I said, I'm going to go and face the lion. Like a father, like a man. I'm going to face this enemy no matter where he's coming from. So I quietly rose up and I went there. I forgot my phone. That's important. So I went out and I looked and I used the darkness for cover. Because people like me, we are easily hidden in the darkness. And I snuck in. I wanted to take the enemy by surprise. Because when you are in the combat, surprise is the game. And I went in and I looked. I felt safe. There was no enemy I could see. Or maybe he has, maybe he, he, I thought he, maybe he left. And I look at the dog, trembling, the dog needed to go to the bathroom. I opened the door and sent that dog out. And then I waited for the dog to come back. At three in the morning, you want to you go back to bed. It's then that my senses picked something up. I heard like, and I said, oh my God, the thief is coming. And then I hear some creaking and thump, and I say, oh my Lord, I am in danger. So I decided to go and to find a place just by the stairs so that if I can drop something on his head, I will stun him, and maybe he will faint before I call 911. As I was going there, I, what I didn't know is that at 3 a.m., I fear my daughter heard a dog barking and said to herself, there is a thief in the house. And she took her phone and called her father. And she called and her call, her father was absent. And she told herself, they already killed him. <laughs> and so she texts her mother saying, we are being invaded. While my wife is working at P, taking care of patients. So, and so, so she decided, that she was going to call 911, but before calling 911, she wanted to surprise the thief. And she used the exact technique. You use the darkness, and under that, the shade of it, and you can see the enemy, you can describe the enemy to 911. And as she goes, so at that very hour, I saw her coming, no word of a lie, with a gun like that. 
And I said, I'm, this is like in the darkness. There is a weapon involved. And then I hear, Dad? Dad? I say, yeah. Is that you? And she dropped the gun. I thought we're being invaded. I said, me too. (laughs) If the love language of Jesus Christ is his presence, what do you make of his perceived absence? especially when confronted with difficult situations or seeking guidance or comfort. I should talk about those two matters. The love language of Jesus and his perceived absence. John eleven twenty one. Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. How many times are we tempted to say this? When we encounter difficulties, when we feel alone. Maybe you just lost somebody. Lord Jesus Christ, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Maybe you suffered tragedy and you experienced the absence of God. Maybe you have been praying for God to manifest into your life. You've been seeking and interceding again and again. And it seemed like Jesus is not there. What do you do when you've done everything you can do and Jesus seemed to be absent? What do you do after you have done all your supplication and prayer and yet in the darkness you seem to be left alone to grieve? To weep. What do you do when you ask God, say, Lord, give me a husband, give me a husband, and after 50 years, He hasn't sent you one yet? Lord, just a wife, would you, a wife of noble character, would you, Lord? And He didn't answer. What do you make for the absence of God? This is harder to understand because the love language of Jesus is his presence. Hmm? The very word he said is, I am with you every day until the end of the ages. He said, you will know this by my presence. It is the presence of Christ that makes the difference. It is the presence of Christ that redeems the world. It is the presence of Christ in the family that makes us one. It is the presence of Christ that makes me love unconditionally. Without the presence of God, I cannot love without condition. It is the presence of God that brings light to the world. It's the presence of God that created reality. In the beginning, when before everything was created, there was a void. It is the logos of God, the word of God that brings life and reality. It gives form to everything that is deformed. Out of that which is deformed, the presence of Christ gave it form. It is the presence of Christ that makes a difference. 
A church can be as good as it, it can be. A church can be as full as it can be. If Jesus is not there, I am not attending there. If Jesus is not here, you better leave very quickly because it's a religion. If Jesus is not there, the religion will kill you. And sometimes when God's presence is not manifesting, we use religion to crush people. People, it is the presence of Christ that makes a difference. If the presence of Christ is not there, our prayers are in vain. When we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus. It's in the name of Jesus that sick people are healed. In the name of Jesus, blind eyes are opened. In the name of Jesus, the weak is made strong. In the name of Jesus, we find light and meaning. He is the supreme meaning. He is the source of goodness. He is the only hope. He is what creation hunger and thirst for. Jesus, the bread of heaven. When the presence of Christ is not there, what do we tend to do? We revert to religion or what we tend to do, we begin criticizing each other, gossip. We begin looking down and blaming other people for our experience of reality, we externalize everything. But when the presence of Christ is there, there is meaning. There is hope. What do you make of his perceived absence? Do you, like my daughter, imagine yourself that your father is already gone? Or do you take the nerve gun? A nerve gun is a good thing. For the right battle, a nerve gun may be helpful. But showing up in the act of life with a nerve gun won't get you there. You may win the wrong battle and lose the war. Should I worry? I'm hearing some honking there. I may have to take off quickly for my safety. No, I'm just kidding. In the absence, the perceived absence of Christ, we tend to revert to human effort that are vain. But without Christ, I can do nothing. Those moments where you feel so alone and so forsaken, that's what we call the Lazarus situation. The Lazarus factor is the thing that causes you to question your faith. Sometimes, it's like something that God was supposed to do for you that he didn't do. What's the Lazarus factor in your life? What is that something that God was supposed to do for you that he didn't do? Maybe you wanted him to intervene somewhere in your relationship. Somewhere in your life. But everybody have their own Lazarus moment. And when you are in that moment, how do you show up? Somewhere someone says this, faith is patience. 
with mystery. It is dealing with the perceived absence of God. It is when God seems to be absent that your faith truly matters. When God seems to be totally not there. More than any time, Jesus meet us every Easter, every day of grace, every moment when we feel pain and disappointment. If you are one who have known disappointment this Easter or this year, the joy of Easter, the joy of a resurrection is that Jesus will meet you there. This is the story of the sisters, Martha and Mary, and their brother Lazarus. So let me conclude with seven ways to prepare for the mysterious presence of Christ when it seems like he has forsaken you. And for this Easter, let me say that. Number one, be mindful. God is a source of the provision. I say Lazarus is a thing God wants to redeem in your life. But always be mindful. God will provide. And he is the source. In him we live and move and have our being. He will provide for you. Number two. Remember too where you have lost it. In John chapter 11 verse 34. When the sisters came to Jesus and say, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. Jesus asked them, where have you laid him? Maybe for you is your, your faith. Maybe you no longer believe in God. Maybe you, you've gone so disappointed in your life, you've left your faith behind. You say, the religion, the Christianity is no longer for me. The question that Jesus asked Lazarus' sister, is, where have you laid him? I wonder what that question might mean for you. All the candidates for baptism, you can go now and prepare for baptism. Where have you laid him? Next. Jesus said, believe in me. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, you must be born again. It's not just something, an old saying. Unless you be born of a spirit, you cannot see the Father. You must be born again. And today we get to celebrate and baptize many. There's about 10 people who uh, have surrendered their life. They have been born again. They want to be baptized. And this morning we got to celebrate that reality. Believe in me. Next, hold on to the promise and the compassion of Christ. The word of Jesus to the sister is that if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God. Your brother will rise again. Maybe for you this Easter is painful because in particular, maybe you have lost somebody. Maybe your brother or relative have died. But the word of Jesus Christ to you is that your brother, your aunt, your mom, your dad, your village, your city, will live again. And in Resurrection Sunday, we gather to remember that truth. He, she will rise again 
The dead in Christ will rise again. This is a hope of the resurrection. This is a hope of Easter. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Your brother will live again. Next, we can learn to manage yourself. Don't be easily distracted by the bad order. When Martha and Mary and Jesus went to the tomb, because Lazarus was dead already for four days, there was a stench there. Jesus told them to roll the stone. And Martha and Mary said, Jesus, are you sure this is a good idea? But Jesus said, I want you to roll the stone from the grave. And so many a time when our faith have died, when we have lost our enthusiasm for Christ, there is a stench there, a stench of doubt, of fear. And Jesus said, open the grave. Learn to welcome the miracle of a resurrection, even if there is a stench in the air. Next, trust the process and obey the word. Jesus said to him, he called Lazarus, said, Lazarus, come out. He called to the dead thing. He speak to that which is dead as if it was alive. That's the presence of Jesus. Lazarus, come out. And for many of us, I don't know what your Lazarus might be. It might be your lack of faith. It might be disappointment. Maybe you've given up. Lazarus, come out. That's Jesus saying, it's time for the resurrection. Lastly, behold the glory. The word of God to them is that if you believe, you will see the glory of God. John eleven forty. Even on the fourth day, in the custom to the Jews, when, when, when somebody dies, they believe after the third day, there's no hope for the resurrection. They believe that when you die, the spirit of a human being hover around the body, all around. And for the first third, three days, they believe it's possible for resurrection. But on the fourth day is a day of no return. It's a day that nobody can rise again. Jesus waited for the fourth day, the day where it seemed impossible. He waited for the day when resurrection seemed to be impossible. And he did the miracle. He brought forth Lazarus from the grave. John eleven five, Because he loved them, he did not show up for two more days. He waited for that day. We were waiting for our children. But the question in this, for this Good Friday and good, good actually, uh, Resurrection Sunday is this. What grows in you when your situation seems disregarded by God? What grows in you when God seems to be absent? What grows in you when it seems like God is not there. Remember this. Healthy things grow. Growing things change. Changing things challenge us. 
challenging things force us to trust God. Trust lead to obedience. Obedience makes us healthy and healthy things grow. May God give you strength in this wonderful day as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. As we look forward to his coming again in glory. In Jesus' name. God, people say amen. Amen.